first episode was a bit uh, challenge filled, if I can say. We had a few problems and issues regarding our noise. Uh, it wasn't coming out as clearly as we would have hoped, but now we've made strides. We've uh, acquired the services, the free services of Anchor, the easiest way to podcast. And thanks to you and your friend, Roger, who recommended it to us. Um, and we can just get this on the way, man. We can start talking about the match day one and uh, quick analysis of how the games went. And uh, yeah, man, how, how did you enjoy the first the first week of the Euros, Roger? Oh my goodness. Um, it was quite a fantastic way to start the competition. Um, yeah. I remember I mentioned that there, there wouldn't be a lot of goals, but so far we're seeing a lot of goals and we've only had one goalless um, match, um, which you talk about, of course. Uh, but so far, me joined the Euros. How about you? Uh, yeah, I am. I think it's given me what I expected. Uh, I think uh, the big clubs are doing what big clubs do. They started off well. Well, barring the match you just talked about, about Spain. But uh, the rest of the sides, I think they did fairly well. Poland as well was a big disappointment. I don't know if they're missing the, the talisman. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying them quite well. The, the quality is there. Although now I'm seeing a lot of players coming down with cramps, uh, grand injuries, um, I think from the long season. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. It has been definitely a long season um, for all the players. And after having postponed the tournament by a year, it's definitely made the visitor list a lot longer um, than expected, yeah. or let's say than usual. But other than that, it's been a good, you know, match day one so far. Um, so where shall we begin? I think we'll, we'll just carry on from our favorite. We, we, we talked about how we had our big teams, the ones we'll be focusing on for the podcast. And I think... The first one we'll start with was the first team to get the win and to get the win at this year's um, Euros, which is Italy. What did you make of that match against Turkey? It was definitely a very controlled performance from the Italians. They dominated yeah. from the first minute to the last. Yeah. Um, for me, they are definitely my dark horses, and they definitely um, gave the support nice to remember and. I look forward to watching them play in the rest of the tournament. Crazy, man. What what are your what are your thoughts on Insigne's performance? Uh for me, Insigne played quite well. Um uh, and he was rewarded with a goal. Um so for me he played quite well and I so for, yeah, he played quite well and I appreciate what he did on the field. So all all around a good performance from Insigne. What do you think? <laughs> do you think he'll be good? More goals with the with if he keeps doing what he's doing and the way that they play the first match against Turkey where they were dominant. I think they had about twenty four shots and and total there were eight on target, dominated possession, absolutely butchered Turkey with the number of passes as well as the accuracy. Do you think Italy can keep this up? Uh, my personal opinion, I I think so. Yes, I think. Uh, what Roberto Mancini has done with the team, he has transformed the team um, very well um, since he arrived at the job. And I think the way they play is, you know, it's very controlled. It's not about dominating so much. Um, so I think they'll definitely keep it, keep it up. And I look forward to seeing how they play um, in their next match, which I believe is against... Um, oh my goodness. 
So I'm going to check the, I'm checking the calendar, um, which I believe is against uh, Switzerland uh, tonight at 9 p.m. in Rome. So it's going to be a good match to watch between yeah. Italy and Switzerland. I think let's let's just ride on that wave. I like how you said it's controlled. I don't think people notice this about Italy. They don't concede that many goals. And uh, coming into this tournament, I know there was a bit of criticism on the, the centre-back, the, the Bonucci and Chiellini partnership. People uh, had concerns about its age, uh, but so far they've, they've been solid. Uh, is it the experience or they haven't been tested yet? Uh, for me, definitely the experience that they have, uh, Bonucci and Chiellini, uh, having played together, played to, having played together Juventus for a number of years, um, that has definitely helped them in the international scene, and that's why they played very, they, were, they defended rather very well against uh, Turkey on Friday. So it has definitely been an advantage um, for the Italian national team. Super inspired performance from Bonucci as well. Absolutely, which is, you know, very surprising because uh, Juventus did not have the best of seasons. Yeah. But uh, now that, you know, they're part of the national team and he's playing with his teammate, Kellini, it helps a lot uh, to have an experienced centre-back by your side. So for me, uh, they defended very well and they look like they're going to go quite far in the tournament if they maintain the way they, that they're playing. Honestly, honestly, we'll just keep a keen eye on them. And then I think just riding on the Italian wave now, let's talk about the man who's absolutely dominated the Italian Serie A this season, Romelu Lukaku. How was that performance against Russia? Oh my goodness, uh, Belgium uh, winning, of course, against Russia 3-0 with a brace from Lukaku. That was a wonderful performance for the Belgians. Um, very controlled, um, they dominated the game from the first minute to the last, and they didn't give the Russians, you know, a lot of opportunity or space, you know, to dictate the game. So for me, Lukaku was definitely my man of the match. Do Do you think control is the key to to going far with this with these Euros? Do you think control will really help um, keep and conserve the energies by the players' energies and just their mindset? I mean, we've cited the long season. I think we can. St- Stress this enough, it's been crazy. Um, I believe, yes, um, controlling games for the big teams will definitely be crucial to advance, you know, far in the Euros. Um, and will definitely give them a confidence boost as they proceed, as they progress, rather. So controlling the game is definitely very important for the, nation, the big national teams. Yeah. Well, what did you think of uh, the Belgian lineup? Uh, it was a quite strong lineup. Um uh, of course, uh, there was a surprise that uh, Jason Dinlayer did not start in the back three with uh, Ada Varane and Vertonghen. Yeah. But uh, overall, it was a strong lineup. It was the lineup I expected, or we all expected. And yeah. they did a good job against Russia. And now we look forward to seeing what they do against Denmark uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I think we, we, we've, we've put a, a spotlight on Lukaku's performance. But Trevor Hazard as well had a really interesting performance there. Carrasco as well. That, that entire left flank of Belgium. Oh yeah, just, that's a very very strong point uh, for Belgium. They definitely played, combined and played very well together. Carrasco and Torque and Hazard. So yeah. um, that's definitely what you know helped Belgium to win uh, on Saturday evening. And yeah. as long as they continue to play in that manner, I definitely see Belgium going far in the Euros. Uh, and speaking of, of of the hazard, what do you think of the other half of the the family, Eden? Do you think he, this is the tournament he needs? Do you think he can spike it up? 
Well, that's a very difficult question because, uh, as you mentioned, he's had injury issues um, this year. Um, um, I think this tournament will definitely be the one for him to really show his talent. And I do hope uh, that he will do that because he's a very talented player. And on this day, he can carry the team, you know, forward and, you know, to the latter stages of the tournament. So I do think this is the spotlight, the tournament for him to, to show his talent and to carry the Belgian team, you know, as far as possible. Yeah, man. And I think uh, from the Russian side, people can argue that Belgium didn't really create and take take advantage of the chances they created themselves and would say Russia so, sort of shot themselves in the foot. I think it was uh, Simone's mistake that Lukaku pounced on and then uh, Munir as well capitalized on Shunin's mistake. What, 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 what's your take on that? Or, or are you an optimist who believes that in order to make mistakes, you have to be forced to make them and you make your own luck. Uh, I believe it's about creating your own luck. And that's what the Belgians did against Russia uh, on Saturday. You mentioned the two goals that were scored were defensive errors, um, which, of course, led to the defeat. I think Russia were very poor, uh, to be honest, on Saturday. And the Belgians definitely took advantage of that. And that's why they won 3-0. Oh, man. It's uh, a high-scoring game. I, we didn't we didn't think we'd get up to such a flying start in the tournament, like you said. But I think the game that was was really it started off flat, but it, it sort of picked up along the way was the England and uh, Croatia one. Big game for that uh, group. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I repeat, the 2018 World Cup semi-final that the English unfortunately lost. Uh, but in this game, it's the English who controlled the game. They were a lot better. They were stronger in the midfield and defensively. Um, and Sterling, who scored a goal, who has, of course, been uh, criticised a lot uh, this year. So he has definitely silenced his critics. And I think England, once again, you know, controlled performance, kept a clean yeah. sheet, were very um, solid, were very efficient, and will definitely, one of my favorites to finish in the top of D. Yeah, and talking about control, what did you make of the English midfield? Declan Wright and uh, Kevin Phillips. Very strong, very strong duo. They definitely dictated the tempo of the match. Uh, Especially Calvin Phillips, um, the passes he made, um, the runs he made as well. He had also a few chances here and there in the match. So for me, Calvin Phillips was definitely my man of the match. And a very wonderful, a good player to watch on a good day. Um, you know what said Leeds or in the national team. So yeah. definitely the English midfield was very strong and solid, and they controlled the game against um, Modric, um, Kovacic, and Brozovic. Yeah, they they really did. Um, but I, I had I had a few concerns uh, looking at Declan and 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 Phillips. The, there was a bit of a vacuum at some points in the game. Uh, whether there was a gap in the middle, it's sort of like they were making similar movements towards the ball, and there was that gaping uh, gap in between. I just think if it was if it was a, st- a stronger attacking opposition, I mean, uh, no, no disrespect to Revich and and Perisic and them, but I, I feel like there's 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 a there's a, there's a problem there that Gareth Southgate needs to handle. Um, yes, absolutely right. Um... Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice, you could see, are quite similar in a way. They're not definitely that not the type of midfielders that will go forward and attack yeah. um, for ninety minutes. Um, so I know that's been a 
equity uh, of Gareth Southgate that there's no like number 10 that roams around and yeah. makes spreads and passes here and there. But um, I think uh, I think he let his lesson from the last World Cup and decided not to really be you know all out attack, but to just yeah. be quite defensive, protect the defense, and just get you know creation on the counter, control the midfield as well, and try to score a goal, um, which they did um, in the second half. Could it be why they're sort of trying to fight for Grealish to get back into the side? I know he he's a type of player to carry the ball forward and distribute those passes. A very good keeper of possession as well. Um, yes, I know everyone wants to see Jack uh, Grealish play, you know, in the starting eleven. Um Of course, uh, Gareth Southgate has something else in mind as the manager. Um, but uh, Jack Grealish, I would love to have him in the starting eleven because he's someone that can definitely take the game to the opposition with his dribbles and his runs. Um, but uh, at the same time, uh, I know Southgate is being cautious. So that's why we're not seeing Grealish so much um, in the starting eleven. But depending yeah. on the opposition, that could change as the tournament progresses. Yeah, and and what, what, what's your opinion on the Croatian side's um, chances of progressing now? Definitely the first game was the biggest one. I think they would have been content with walking away with a point of that one, a point from that one, and then just targeting the checks and the squats. But now the dynamic has shifted, and uh, we see the checks. Uh, they, 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 they beat the Scottish team, which wasted a lot of our chances. I don't know if you caught that game. Um, so, answer the first question about uh, Croatia. Um, they definitely will feel hard done. Um, so now they have no choice but to win their many games against the Czech Republic and Scotland. Yeah. Um, so the pressure is definitely on them for sure. And uh, uh, the Scotland Czech Republic game, uh, which was you know a spectacle, beautiful spectacle, um, with yeah. the two goals from uh, Patrick Sheik yeah. of Leverkusen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, Croatia will be under pressure to definitely finish, you know, to qualify for the for the last 16. Um, but the Czech Republic are looking good, looking solid. Um, they did frustrate uh, Belgium in the World Cup qualifiers in March. So we definitely we definitely shouldn't underestimate them. So it'll be very interesting to watch um, the next set of uh, fixtures in this group um, because I think whoever, you know, wins... Two games will definitely qualify first for the for the last sixteen, definitely. Yeah. And interesting matches. Um, we have. I don't know if you watched that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful match. I think for me, um, besides the the France and Germany game, this one may be one of the the games of the match day one. Uh, the, the 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 Dutch versus the Ukrainian team. Uh, which was led by an inspired Andre Yamalenko. What, 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 what did you enjoy that one as much as I did, Ross? Certainly, certainly for me, it, it, it had a few, 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 few highlights for me. I thought, unlike the the other games, it wasn't controlled. I'll say it was controlled chaos. Uh, both teams set very attackively. Uh, the Dutch were very, very dominant, but uh, the Ukrainian went when giving in, and they, whenever they went forward, I think they looked dangerous. Oh, did you watch that match? Um, I did watch the game, and it definitely was, like you said, very entertaining. Um, of course, at the same time, you say defensively, the Dutch are in trouble. Um, 
same for Ukraine, but definitely an entertaining game. And the fact that Ukraine came from 2-0 down to come back to 2-2 and look like they're about to get um, a point off the Dutch uh, yeah. in the final minutes, only for the Dutch to score towards the end, which uh, definitely would... Uh, leave um, the Ukrainian was a bitter taste. It was definitely an entertaining match. Um, seeing both teams attack and seeing the goal, Yarumenko was just yeah. incredible. So for me, so far, that has been the game of the tournament. Yeah. Do you, do you think then this was a testament to the young side that Frankie de Boer pitched? I mean, the inexperience to, to, to fail to manage a two-goal lead in a major European tournament? Uh, yes, I think it is because, um, as we already know, Virgil van Dijk is not playing. So the Dutch defense definitely lacking, you know, their linchpin. Um, De Ligt also did not play. I'm yeah. not sure if you'll play the next game. Um, we'll see the lineup um, for the next game. So I'd yeah. say there was a lack of experience in the Dutch side, especially in defense, which for me is a big concern. Um especially if you want to go far in the tournament. So uh, they are t- the Dutch are entertaining to watch, but defensively shaky. Yeah, and from that match, from the from the Dutch side, who was your player of the match, man? I think for me, Dumfries really, 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 really did it for me. He got into the box uh, countless times, missed a couple of big opportunities, but he still had the willpower to, to, to make those runs and he finally got his uh, reward. Wow, my man, the match for the Netherlands-Ukraine. That's a tough one. I think I'll go with Van Aldem, um because he he scored the first goal. He His dribbles were just as good. The way he'd run you know, at the Ukrainian midfield and defense was just incredible to watch. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, of course, Dumfries, like you said, played a, also an important role. He's the one who got the winner. He did miss yeah. his sitter a bit earlier in the second half, but yeah, overall, yeah. it was it was quite difficult for me to choose a random match. But I go find out and just open the scoring and you know be determined to run at the Ukrainian midfield and defense um, during the ninety minutes. Yeah, and and Depay as well. Inspired performance. I know why. If I'm paying close attention to the 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 transfer rumors, it seems like his transfer to to Barcelona is growing ever imminent. How do you think that will that that plays in a in a player's mind in such an amazing European tournament, um, yeah, such a big money move to one of the the giants of European club football. How do you think it, it will affect his focus? Do you think it will inspire him to perform more, sort of to justify that interest in him, or it's going to be a bit distracting? More so that um, he's actually re- quite recently parted ways with his uh, managing agency, so he's now sort of taking things. Upon his own, do you, do you think his, his attention is divided? Um, I think it'll motivate him, you know, to do well for the Dutch side during, during the Euros because he wants to show to Barcelona that he's a top player, that he can score the goals, he can make the correct runs at the right times, and that he's not, uh, you know, he's not finished as a player. Um, yeah. uh, so I think for me, it'll motivate him to do a lot better going forward. Yeah, man. And speaking of going forward, man, Spain. What is your take on that? <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, where do I begin? Um, our first goalless match of the Euros. Uh, for me, Spain were very wasteful, to be honest. Um, if you look at the the possession that they had, which at one point was eighty one percent, to nineteen for the Swedes, you'd 
you think that it was you know domin- it was a dominant performance that did win 3-0 or something but they're very wasteful in front of goal um, but you also need to give credit to the Swedes for being defensively solid and you know not giving Spain a lot of chances so definitely um, I say the Swedes are more happy with the result than the than the Spanish but for me Spain overall very poor um, very disappointing and I hope I'm hoping for a lot better from them in their next two two matches and a very inspired performance from Unai Simon, the, the athletic Bilbao goalkeeper, man. 24 years of, of age, and he did this. It's, it's incredible what he did, the saves that he made um, for his team, because um, at, at some point, uh, there were a few points in the game where the Swedes were attacking, and he had, no, he had to definitely save his team, otherwise they would have lost the game. So I'd say credit. Uh, give credit to Unai Simon for sure and uh, hopefully that um, Spain will play better you know in the next game because they have the players they just need to take their chances and be more clinical in front of goal yeah they, they really do but do, do, I think they miss uh, uh, an informed strong number nine uh, but Morata will definitely improve as the game goes speaking of strong number nines the the, the, the the much acclaimed goat of football, Cristiano Ronaldo, begged a brace yesterday. And um, what, I, what I feel is a lucky break for, for Portugal. But like we said, you make your own luck. Yeah, you said it all, you know. Cristiano Ronaldo, a top player, top athlete. Um, yes, it's true. Hungry versus Portugal for 84 minutes was, you know, quite difficult to watch because you know, a few chances created that I'd say Portugal had more than chance, especially um, Diogo Jota. Um, yeah. um, I'm sure he'll be asking himself why he didn't get a goal or why he didn't, you know, make a pass to Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that did that didn't stop them from getting, you know, the three points and winning three zero. Um, of course, like you said, in football, you create your own luck, and it was very unlucky for Hungary because they had scored a goal, which was ruled out for offside. Only yeah. for the Portuguese to score, of course, it was a deflected um, shot, and then a penalty for Ronaldo, and then a beautiful uh, interplay between, you know, Ronaldo and uh, I think Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes, if I'm not mistaken, for the third goal. So I'd say the Portuguese created their own chance, um, created their own luck, rather. They got the three points and definitely look, you know, quite strong in, in Group F. Yeah, the, the the Hungary team feels uh, very hard done. I, I thought they were going to snatch it for for a while, and uh, even that disallowed offside goal, I, I really thought they there's a smash and grab. Yes, uh, yeah, that's what I thought as well. I, for a moment, the, the Hungary were defending uh, very well, and they were hanging in there for eighty plus minutes um, yeah. until until. The, you know they scored the goal, which was ruled out for offside by VAR, yeah. only for the Portuguese to get a first goal two three minutes later by a deflection yeah. for Rafael Guerrero. So yeah. I'd say the Hungarians are definitely disappointed. Um, I definitely would not rule them out. They are a stubborn side um, to break down, and I think they'll give you know they'll cause uh, trouble to other teams in that group, uh, the likes of France and Germany. Yeah, man. And, and I think we should give uh, credit to the Hungarian government, man, for, for what they did. Uh, aggressive vaccination strategy, as you, you know, uh, I missed the 
COVID pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic. And I think the, them allowing fans to be in the stadiums and doing the, the level best to get um, the humans back in the field. Um, yeah, definitely kudos to the Hungarian government. Um, the stadium, the uh, Frank Puszczek Arena was filled with 60,000 supporters. It's just wonderful to see on television because these yeah. are the images we've missed you know, in the last year or so. Uh, so credit to them and um, looking forward to seeing more of, you know, Hungary um, as they play their matches at home. It would be, you know, wonderful to see on television. Yeah, I think for, 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 the, for, for the duration of the tournament, that's going to be the, the, the stadium with the most um, capacity in terms of supporters. Yep, that's correct. Um, I think in the other uh, 10 stadiums, they mostly have like a 50% capacity, but I heard with England, um, they're going to increase the capacity to 40,000 at Wembley um, yeah. for the final. So um, so 40,000, you know, it's a, still a good number, you know, for, for Wembley Stadium, but um, yeah. Yeah. it will definitely be exciting and wonderful to see more fans filling up the stadiums in the weeks to come. Oh, man, and, and, and capacity. Let's talk about the quality and capacity that the French side fielded in last night's match. And, ah, oh man, last started Kylian, Benzema, Griezmann up front. We've had uh, Pogba. Ah, oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, a, it was a wonderful game to watch last night. It was the game of the tournament. Um, yeah. And for me, it was definitely a, a great match to watch and I enjoyed it thoroughly. And of course, um, the way front one, of course, people say, uh, you know, it was just an own goal by Hummels. Very unlucky because it was the Germans that dominated the yeah. game, but were not as clinical. Um, but overall, the quality of the French side, you know, got them through uh, and got them the three points last night. Uh, so uh, well done to France. Paul Pogba, world class. Oh, my goodness. Um, the way he played was just incredible and was definitely man of the match, uh, as voted by UEFA. And yeah. the way he controlled the midfield with uh, N'Golo Kante, just incredible. I think there are not the people who are comparing Pogba for um, Manchester United and France. The fact that for France, he has N'Golo Kante on his side to do yeah. the network, you know, to, to defend, uh, to spread the passes left, right, center. And yeah. that gives Pogba the freedom to go forward as much as possible. Um, and also the interesting statistic is when, uh, when uh, Pogba and Kante started together, they've yeah. never lost a game. Yeah. It, who, who, who? How, who can, who can, who can destroy these two? Exactly. It's for me the strongest midfield duo at the Euros um, so far. Of course, there's still more games to watch um, yeah. the next uh, three weeks. So we'll see. But so far, France very solid. Um, got the job done. Now they look forward to playing, you know, Hungary on Saturday and. Uh, yeah. By winning, they'll definitely finish first and qualify for the last 16. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you've, you've led us appropriately to, to match day two there, man. Do you, do you think um, Hungary will do what they tried to do to, to, the, to, the, to the Portuguese against France? I think, uh, yeah, Hungary will try to frustrate France uh, on Saturday um, in that game in the, on match day two. Um, that's what they like what they did the Portuguese, as you said. So it'll be an interesting game to see. Um on Saturday, they'll have sixty thousand supporters behind them in Budapest. Yeah. So it'll be a it'll be an interesting game for me, uh personally speaking. 
Yeah, man. I, I think we also have um, the 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 team there. Who are you backing for that one? Do you think Germany will enter that one hungry, or Portugal will keep on that good form? Well, very very difficult game to predict. Um, I I'm I'm slightly backing Germany because they'll be at home in Munich, at Allianz Arena, and they definitely want to get the three points against Portugal. But it will not be you know a walk in the park because Portugal. Will be able to frustrate the Germans as well. Um, I don't think the Portuguese are going to attack Germany um, on Saturday, so it will be a tough game. But I expect, it, I expect and hope that the Germans will get three points to really kick off their campaign because a defeat here will definitely make it difficult for them to qualify uh, for the next round. True, true, true. What a what a disappointed what a disappointment it will be if the Germans fail to to move past this group stages. But we wouldn't really fault them. It's a group of death anyway. Uh, what 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 do you think the dynamic would be there if, if um, Germany beat Portugal? What do you think that does for the for the for, for the 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 group? Well, they definitely make the group more interesting and very open um, because that will mean. Um, There'll be three points for Germany, um, should Germany win, of course. And assuming that France win their game, that means six points for them. Uh, and Portugal will be stuck on three points. So assuming that those are the results on Saturday, it will definitely make the group very open, you know, and interesting and tight as we approach the final match day. So a German victory definitely opened up Group F. Yeah, I, I think it will. It also makes spice up the, the the final game between Portugal and France. It definitely feel like a final there. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a fine. That's definitely what we have as a final, even as a semi final. So I think okay. whoever I think um, if Germany win, then Portugal France will be a very crucial game on the last uh, uh, the last match day. Um, so definitely um, we should. Definitely keep a lookout for you know um, for that match because it will be crucial. Assuming that the France that France Germany is a France Hungary sorry is a, yeah. that the France that the French win and that uh, the Germans get three points against the Portuguese. Um, yeah, for definitely look very open, you know, and will be definitely a group worth following um, on the last day for sure. Yeah, I think all of us are going to be glued onto the screen on Saturday, man. Just from the first kickoff the of the day, Hungary, France, and then to the last one, Spain, Poland. Do you think Spain, the Spanish will come back? Um, I think they don't have a choice. They do need to win um, this game. Um, because if they don't win this game, it's going to be quite complicated, you know, to yeah. finish top of the group. Um, so I am expecting Spain to get a result against Poland because Poland uh, against Slovakia did not look really convincing um, to be honest so I'm expecting Spain to get something against Poland on Saturday uh, no less than three points yeah and I think three points will be the order of the day with the English and the Scots Uh, the English now you're expecting something better and the Scots are you expecting them to take their chances this time have they learned the hard way Yes, I believe Scotland they definitely suffered. Um, they definitely did learn the hard way against Czech Republic, and I know they'll they'll definitely fight to try and get you know something a good result against England. But England are just looking very good. If you see the quality of the players that they have, uh, I definitely expect England to get a result against Scotland. Um, I'd be surprised if Scotland you know 
leave with a point or even three points uh, at, from Wembley on, on Friday. Yeah. I'll be very surprised. Are you, are you expecting Kane, Harry Kane, to play the same way he played in the first game, where he was a sole number nine up top and then he kept dropping to the number 10 position? Do you think that's, that makes sense for them? Um, that's, a, that's the million-dollar question. I think you definitely will still play as the number nine because he's England's main man. He's the captain. Of course, you, like you say, he has to go deeper players number 10 to get the ball at times. But um, depending on the changes that, well, if Gary Southgate makes changes. See? Yeah, can you? Oh, you, oh, yeah. Wow, I thought I lost you there for a second. I, oh, I just, I'm sorry about that. Ah, great stuff, man. Let's, let's just keep the flow moving. Let's keep the ball moving. Yeah, man. Netherlands, Austria. Netherlands for a win or Austria for, for to disappoint the party? Oh, that's another tough one. I am expecting the Dutch to, to win against Austria. Um, looking at the quality of the Dutch side, I don't expect, I definitely don't expect them to, to you know, to have just one point. I definitely expect them to, to play a lot better against Austrians, but I am definitely not under, going to underestimate Austria. I'm, they also have yeah. quality as well, and it will be an interesting game because whoever wins that game will take control of the group and will definitely have one foot in the last 16. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll put my head on the block and say whoever wins this game qualifies for the next for the next round. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. The next round of games as well in Group A, where there's Italy and Switzerland, uh, kicks off today at 9 p.m. as well. Italy, Switzerland. I think uh, from 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 my view, I think it will be a an, an Italy win again. I think they want to be the first side to move on to the next next stage of the group of the, of, 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 the, of the tournament. And um, if Immobile and Inzaghi, did I say Inzaghi? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. good times. Immobile and Insigne keep doing what they've been doing, the rotating, um, sort of like getting into the box, dropping deep. It's going to be a nice, 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 nice tournament for them. Although, unlike you, I don't see them progressing further than the the the, 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 the group of six round of sixteen, but that's that's to be decided. That's to be decided. What do you think <laughs> they will, will, will get a charge? Uh for me, I believe Italy, uh, because they're dark horses. Um, I still think, like, it's hard to say they'll go. It depends on who they get, you know, in the last 16. Uh, yeah. Because there is about luck for sure. Um, but I still think they'll go far because they have their players. They had the right manager in uh, Roberto Mancini. So yeah. I definitely expect them to go as far as possible. Um, nobody's expecting them to win the tournament. Um, maybe apart from the Italians, you know, maybe in secret. But I definitely expect them to go um, at least beyond the last 16. Yeah, and I, and I think I, 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 that may ease the pressure on them a bit. Uh, nobody expecting them to win the, the, the tournament. So, <laughs> the, the last game we, we, we should preview, and I, I think we, we, we do this intentionally because there's, there's quite some, 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 some sad news concerning this one. Well, pos- there was some sad news well, for, the Dan- for the Danish team. Um, uh, Kristen Eriksen suffering that cardiac arrest. How were you feeling at that moment, seeing him drop down? Uh, to be honest, I was very worried. Uh, I was very concerned. Um, as I watched him, as I watched the, the Denmark and Finland game, I was worried. I had even uh, 
contacted my my brother. I asked him, "Were you watching the game? Did you see what happened?" He said, "Yes, I saw it all." And I believe a lot yeah. of people saw what happened. Um, yeah. We were all worried. We were, I was almost at the point of crying. Um, to be honest, because I just felt, I just felt really sad to see what happened on television. We don't like to see those images, you know, when watching, yeah. you know, football. Uh, but I'm just thankful that um, they performed CPR, um, that he was um, taken to the hospital, and that he's recovering well. Uh, and uh, if you saw the, the Instagram post, that he will definitely be supporting his teammates, you know, in the hospital because he still needs to do some some tests. Um, but I'm just thankful he recovered. And for me, that's definitely an image that none of us like to see, um, yeah. whether adult, whether, you know, or a younger supporter. And were you disappointed or, or, or relieved to see the game go on despite that horrendous um, chain of events? Uh, to be honest, I was quite surprised. I had thought for a moment that they'll maybe call off the game and reschedule it for a different day. But yeah. I'm reading, I read rather that um, that uh, the Danish team had been threatened by UEFA that had they not completed the game, they'll suffer a 3-0 uh, uh, defeat we're, by we're default. Good. Yeah. Uh, so I was surprised to be honest, but um, of course, um, because it's a different kind of tournament, uh, this year 2020 is not in one host city, but in 11 different cities, and rescheduling games is very complicated. Um, so that's, I guess, yeah. played into the decision of UEFA. So the show must go on. Do you exactly. Think the show will go on for the Belgians against Denmark. Could you just give me a quick prediction for this match, Raj? Uh, I see Belgium winning uh, 2-0 with Lukaku scoring a brace. Ooh, that'll take him clear up front because currently right now he's tied with, um, is it Ronaldo with two goals? Yep. Yeah, so that'll take him clear. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Ronaldo will be scoring a brace in his next match. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt yeah. it, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, for sure, Raj. Um, Unfortunately, we've come to the end of uh, for our show, man. Raj, thanks a lot. It's been quite insightful talking to you. And I hope we'll have uh, loads more interesting chats and more goals for this upcoming match day too. And a lot to reflect on. Yes, uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. And looking forward to speaking more about uh, the, the tournament on match day three and also... Uh, previewing the, the last 16. Uh, so thank you so much. No, no problem, Rod. So how, how's the 